In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is in cooperation with the Cinda Academy, which brings you thought leaders and business leaders from around the world. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Cinda Academy, you can go to www.cinda.org under Cinda Academy. And this show really does reach around the world. We have listeners from all over the world. So first, because of that, I'd like to say good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what the show is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. We've brought you leadership stories from all over the world. We've talked about everything from artificial intelligence to data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live at 3 p.m. every Tuesday specific time. And if you can't listen to us live, Download us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and listen to great leadership advice, success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly be even the key to your future success. Now, please reach out to me also at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Let me know what you'd like to hear about. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now on to what we're going to talk about today. And it's a really, really interesting subject. And it's storytelling. I mean, the importance of storytelling cannot be underestimated. The world we live in today could not exist without the influence from past generations, the experiences from people across the globe, and the experiences from those who surround us. I mean, we are creatures of habit and tradition. And we instinctively share and hand down lessons, share knowledge, crave communal knowledge, which very often becomes in forms of stories that we share. Now, great stories often reflect the world we live in, combined with the world we do not know or the world we can only imagine. But the world we live in today has changed. Technology is helping us capture what we experience and share it faster and faster, sharing it faster than we ever shared it before. Our ability to use technology to learn from others, to share knowledge, to give ourselves insight into our own problems gives us an advantage that we did not have in the past. And with all this technology that we have, the one thing we can't do is really lose the art of storytelling. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And our guest today is Christian J. Ward, and he is the Executive Vice President and Chief Data Officer at Yext. Yext is the leading digital knowledge management platform. Yext's mission is to give companies control over their brand experiences across the digital universe of maps, apps, search engines, voice assistants, and other intelligent services that drive consumer discovery, decision, and action. Christian's focus at YEX is to identify value and structure their knowledge graphs to maximize their data value. He is also the co-author of the Amazon top release, Data Leverage, Unlocking the Surprising Growth Potential of Data Partnerships. Christian has developed and executed hundreds of data partnerships around the world, from small entrepreneurial firms to the world's largest data companies. He has served as Chief Data Officer of Source Media, Info Group and Global Head of Content Innovation at Thompson Ruiters. And he's had many roles. He's also quoted quite often in publications such as the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Fortune, Geo Marketing, and many more. So Christian, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Well, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. 
Okay. So uh, we're going to talk about storytelling today. And um, um, your, your uh, background is data and you're into data. And, you know, stories is, uh, story is really about data that we pass down. But what is, talk to me, talk to our audience about the history of storytelling. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I would say storytelling to me is both the combination of data and passion, right? So it's facts and information, but told in a way that really triggers a natural response in humans to remember, retain, and ultimately to be able to recite or to to share. Um, And it's it's a fascinating area. I have have an uh, sort of an odd background in that uh, I was both an English major and a data and finance uh, major. So I've been sort of telling stories with data for a very long time. Um, but I, I really got into this whole concept of analyzing how do we tell better stories. And the history, which is kind of fascinating, is um, originally all stories were essentially spoken. Um, and so people would discuss things uh, in very sort of uh, communal ways where they would share knowledge uh, verbally. Um, but right after that, it started to move into things like symbols. So what we would call glyphs, where people might leave uh, their, you know, like a cave painting or something to convey some level of a story to people who were not present. And that was a big jump to be able to change a mindset from understanding what was spoken into an actual image to convey a story. Uh, But then very quickly after, if you think of in terms of the whole of humanity, uh, it was just a blip later on the millions of year scale, we started getting into uh, the printing press. So textual storytelling. And this, obviously, if you recall from history, was just a massive boon in the ability to share knowledge uh, over time and space. Um, Stephen King talks a lot about uh, being a writer. He has a book called On Writing, and it's one of my favorites of all time. Um, And he explains that what an amazing thing writing is, where you can almost, from anywhere around the world, he can get into your mind and literally uh, through almost telepathy, speak into your mind. And that's what textual uh, printing allowed for us. Um, then we sort of went into images, uh, photo. You've probably heard the term, uh, uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. Mm, yeah. uh, what's fascinating about that is uh, everybody ends up with a different thousand words, but it is very helpful uh, as images start to come. And then we moved into voice and visual and text. And, and I say that because the television was one of those next big medium jumps for us. So um, you, you start to have voice, visual, and text. Text was in the closed captioning feed. So we always accompany text with uh, the television, even if you're not using it. Um, and then kind of something really different happened uh, over the last few decades. And that was the internet. And I'll use Facebook as an example. Facebook exploded this ability um, of images and text. And yes, they do video and everything else now too, but originally it was really sort of posting to a public forum and sharing stories on the internet. And that was a big change. And the big change was we went from a very few number of people controlling the stories, right? So uh, the the original storytellers would write the books and control the printing and what got published. uh, The television stations control what stories were told. Then we get into this moment where everyone's suddenly telling stories. And you see this in your feeds. What's kind of funny is I like to look at it and say, well, Soon after, uh, Snapchat took off, and I kind of feel that's because people were tired of seeing all these terrible stories that everyone was telling, and these, thankfully, mercifully uh, mercifully would disappear after a short period of time. Um, But now you see we still text and we send symbols and emojis, um, and what's starting to happen is you're starting to see we're starting to speak stories and talk to AI now. So it's kind of funny. It's almost gone full circle where originally it was all spoken. We've gone through all these new ways of telling stories, and now we're getting to a point where we're speaking to AI and AI are talking back to us, um, and they're starting to tell their own version of stories. So uh, it's, it's quite an amazing history uh, through time. I, what I thought really interesting, what you said, is that that um, in this historical development, we actually had control of these stories. OK, um, you know, either we didn't have such global connections, so they were in the families or they may have been passed down. And then, of course, they got to printing. And, and now there's this huge boom. OK, um, do you do you think that that has change the consistency or the, the quality of stories at all um, because of this technology and the ability for everybody to tell stories or has it enriched our lives some? 
Yeah, it's a great question because it, it's something of a double-edged sword, right? Um, there are countless streams of content and information. Uh, by one measure, a company named Domo, they say that we are about to pass uh, 1.7 megabytes per second of data created per human on the planet, uh, which is staggering. That's an enormous yeah. amount of information. When you realize that, a lot of that data is people telling their stories. It's TikToks, it's sharing quick videos, it's doing uh, Snapchats, whatever it may be. It does produce an enormous amount of data. And so the, the, the question really is, are, are we getting better? Is this, is this better or is this worse? Um, you know, I, I would say I'll make a bold claim that, you know, storytelling is the oldest, greatest, and only universal tradition of humanity. The, the, the reality is everyone out there does this. Uh, you're first exposed to it in your family life, usually. Um, but the question of whether or not we can get better because of all these technological uh, ex expansions or who tells the stories, I would tell you I think it's a double-edged sword in that there are so many more great stories finally being told. Like, take our current situation uh, with COVID-19, the coronavirus pandemic. Um, I am amazed at how people are using Twitter to thread, mostly from doctors who are actually on the front lines or healthcare professionals, but to thread together the story of what their day is like mm -hmm. is truly human and moving and, and personal and uh, empathetic. It has this amazing ability and it's told 140 characters at a time. That's incredible. So I would tell you, I think there's a lot of garbage that's produced, uh, but at the same time, Giving more people the autonomy to share stories in their own way, I don't see that ever being a bad thing. I think mm -hmm. the world has seen time and time again when it was only certain powers or certain groups that controlled the narrative that you ended up um, more often than not in not a great spot. Um, and allowing people to have technology to really give themselves a voice and different ways of telling their stories uh, is, is probably one of the greatest advancements we've seen technology bring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting, very good point. And on this technology, uh, Christian, so we have, you know, you just give this Twitter example. It's fantastic and it is allowing us. Um, but when it comes to technology also, uh, could it be limiting at, at, in any form on uh, telling stories? I'm thinking of more in the AI because we're still kind of unsure about AI and um, you know, is AI taking over our own unconscious biases? Um, could there be kind of a, a danger with technology and storytelling? A absolutely. Um, it, there's there's sort of a, a convergence of three great books uh, that I'll throw out to your your your, your audience. Uh, actually, four great books. Um, one is called. Um, uh, uh, surveillance Capitalism by Shoshana Zuboff. Um, and it talks about how the more data that different uh, organizations can gather about us as individuals, the more that they can craft a story to appeal to certain people. Um, and then you have uh, Homo Deus uh, by Yuval Harari. He also wrote Sapiens, which has an amazing outline around storytelling as well. Um, but obviously a New York Times bestseller, outstanding uh, book about how as humans become smarter and AI and humans work together, you end up with this sort of uncomfortable scenario where the AI that the really smart humans have can sort of you know, control people, which brings the third book, which is Nudge. Nudge is actually an economic theory that won the Nobel Prize. And it's sort of about how many people maybe don't make great decisions <laughs> in their daily <laughs> lives. And, and perhaps, you know, maybe if we nudge them to save a little more money or nudge them uh, to wash their hands more, you know, there's yeah. a lot of elements to it, which make a lot of sense. But there's this weird Venn diagram, right? When you overlap all three of those, you end up with something that kind of sounds like, well, if we know everything about everyone and we can build AI to control and build stories and narratives, then couldn't we nudge everyone to do exactly what we want to do? And I would t I would argue you're seeing that. Look at all yep. the election stories, right? So, yes, I think there is a dark side to it. But, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm an infinite optimist in terms <laughs> of storytelling and how technology is is also the thing. If it could go wrong, it's also the thing very likely to make it go right. Yeah, good. Well, we're going to take a short break, Christian, and um, that was great. Uh, if it, go right and go wrong. I like that. And uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, um, I want to talk about what makes a good story, okay, a little bit more into this um, 
you you gave the Twitter example, but get more into a little bit of nuts and bolts on on what's a what is really a good story. And for our listeners, we're listening today to Christian J. Ward, and he's the executive vice president and chief data officer at Yext. And Yext is a leading digital knowledge management platform. Yext's mission is to give companies control over their brand experiences across various digital avenues in the digital universe. And Christian's job is to help Yex identify value structure and their knowledge graphs to maximize their data value. He's also the author of the Amazon top release, Data Leverage, Unlocking the Surprising Growth Potential of Data Partnerships. Now, to learn more about Yex, you can go to www.yex.com. Yex is also on LinkedIn on Facebook under Yext Inc. And for Christian, you can go on LinkedIn under Christian J. Ward and on Twitter under Christian Ward. To contact me, please send comments to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And if you want more information about the Cinda Academy, please go to info at cinda.com. Send us a mail. And this broadcast is brought to you by the Cinda Academy and you can hear other webinars and podcasts on www.cinda.org under Cinda Academy. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are speaking with Christian J. Ward, and he's the executive vice president and digital data officer at Yext. He's also the co-author of the Amazon top release, Data Leverage, Unlocking the Surprising Growth Potential of Data Partnerships. Now, Christian, we've been talking about just storytelling in general and, and how it's changing and how it's evolved. Um, but in within the storytelling realm, you know, there's good stories and there's not so good stories. Okay, I'll put. You know, how do how do you know? How do you create a good story? It's a it's a it's a good question. Look, I think it's a very underutilized skill, um, and I've I've been working. Uh, for quite a long time in terms of how do you tell stories that have data, uh, meaning facts, but also convey a message and it'll be remembered. And, you know, what I've found is that you can be taught how to do this better. Uh, There is a book um, that I definitely recommend to anyone considering, you know, how do I improve my storytelling? Uh, It was called The Bestseller Code. Um, And Kimberly, you know, I love sharing all (laughs) anything I've read that I think can be helpful. Yeah. 
Uh, this is definitely one of them. It's a fascinating book. It was it was done by a New York Times uh, editor who actually picks bestsellers uh, for the bestselling list and um, uh, and a data scientist. They got together and they did a massive machine learning application to text mine every bestselling book and then 10,000 other books that were not bestsellers so they could start to uh, figure out what are the consistent factors in a great story. Um, and so sharing a couple highlights that they have that I often convey or teach my sales teams are um, the, the first and foremost thing that they found that was absolutely critical was human connectedness, uh, which, is, which is really interesting when you think about almost every great story that people love um, like take, for example, uh, the Harry Potter series, um, you know, arguably one of the greatest story, uh, you know, uh, explosions the world has seen. Um, and yet it's truly just about the connection between those three kids. Um, there's lots of other things going on, but it's really, that's what people love about it. Um, another phenom was, uh, uh, 50 shades of gray, right? Mm -hmm. Um, now again, totally different topic, subject matter, right? Maybe, mm -hmm. uh, a lot more risky, but at the same time, it's fundamentally about the human connection of the two main characters. And so they found that stories that connect fast with an audience where people can either, uh, personally connect or they are hearing about the story of humans connecting is one of the most popular ways to have a great story, uh, which I think most people realize in their own lives. Uh, when you're telling something personally, uh, we often talk about first, second, and third person. And a lot of times telling a story in the first person has a very big uh, change or outcome on how it is received um, versus, you know, third-party stories. A lot of times a third-party story that you haven't said a lot is gossip, right? It's not really, mm -hmm. it's not a good yeah. story. It's, it's, it's actually has low quality in terms of facts. And, and, and you haven't to told the story very often because you don't know the facts. So there's this, uh, I like to draw a, a two axes for most people when I'm teaching, how do you, how do you tell better stories? And the first axis is the number of times you tell the story. So that's sort of how often do you tell it? And along the x-axis uh, going out to the right is the amount of data or facts in the story. And, and another way to think of that is uh, on the y-axis, it's sort of how confident are you at telling a story? And on the, the bottom, it's how competent are you in telling the story? And the more confident and competent you are, you move up and to the right to this great storytelling capability and a lot of times that has nothing more than what you would expect, which is learn the material and all the facts as much as you can and tell it over and over and over again. Um, and that's one of the best ways to, to learn how to tell better stories, like what makes a great story. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'd like to come stay on that for a second, because confident and competent, um, sometimes they go together, but sometimes it can be kind of opposites. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, um, look, a lot of marketing and a lot of sales, um, and obviously knowing your audience uh, focused on business, so much of it does come down to confidence and competence. Uh, how many salespeople have we all hired or worked with or been called upon by that um, they're extremely confident? Uh, God love them. They're great at it, mm -hmm. but they are, they are not competent even on their own products. Yeah. And that's a problem. Uh, if, uh, sort of on another scale, you could say there's a lot of really brilliant, competent people at companies who have no confidence confidence in telling the story because mm -hmm. they don't often tell the story. So there's a balance here. And so, yes, I think you can absolutely have situations where people are really good at one thing and not the other. In fact, when people come off as sort of like pitchy or like, like they, they, yeah. they sell to you, a lot of times what you're feeling is that they're not listening to you and their story is rote, right? They've sort of, mm -hmm. they've told it a bunch of times, but they don't really even understand. They're not competent on what it means to the person hearing the story. Um, there's a great, and sorry, I'm going to keep throwing out books, but yeah, there's a great book, um, Essentialism uh, by Greg McKeown. And I'm not, uh, I, I would bet a lot of your audience has read this. I love this book. Um, and it's all about how do you sort of uh, boil things down? That's the dis disciplined pursuit of less, as he says. Um, and what he has an entire chapter on routines. And I love this chapter. It's so much about storytelling, um, just not necessarily positioned that way. But he, he explains that 
when people get into routines, this is actually why they call it a comedy routine. What happens is your brain physically opens up space because you have done this so many times that you are, you are able to actively listen more because the routine is sort of just coming out of your mouth. So what happens is great storytellers often have told the story in so many different ways that they can feel the audience. It's, 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 it's fascinating, but it basically means you're actively listening, which if you've seen a great comic uh, live on stage, working an audience, they actually are telling that story differently. It's the same content, but they are listening actively because their routine gives them brain space to do it. They're not struggling to get the the message out. And there's a lot that can be learned um, in sales and marketing about that same sort of approach. Mm-hmm. So I mean that makes sense in sales and marketing, but I had to I had to laugh when you said that, um, because I was thinking about just in my family and and grandparents sometimes and how they would get into a routine of telling the same story again and again. And of course, I've heard it you know a million times, <laughs> but but uh, I mean I I was chuckling because it's it's actually quite nice, and if it's a good story then it really doesn't matter if you hear it 10 times, does it? Well, uh, so interestingly, that is one of the beauties of, of a good story is, um, so, so I, I, I laugh as well. My, so my last name uh, is Ward, uh, and it's it's from Irish Gaelic, and uh, it, it actually was originally from uh, a Gaelic term called Macambard, and that is... Um, uh, it's Gaelic for bards. Basically, my <laughs> last name is the bards, the, the poets that would go around Ireland. So it was a very well-known family. And so when you say family time, I, I think we learn from our families how to tell stories. I think we also learn from our families when maybe it's the right time, it's not the right time. But something yeah. that you're not realizing that's happening is when you hear family stories five, six times, that is also serving a purpose, almost like genes being passed down. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you think about it, everything we believe to be true is just a story. Like yeah. who you think your family is and where they came from, you weren't there 200 years ago when it goes back to the great-great-grandparents. Like that is amazing. It's just passed on in stories. And while technology is helping us capture more of that, that's it's still fundamentally just a story. And like, for example, this might annoy some people, but religion, your religion, and I'm not <laughs> saying real or not, your religion is just a story. You weren't there at the time most religions were founded. Um, like money. Money's one of my, one of my favorites. Money is hilarious in that it's just a story. When you and I were three, four years old, and they gave us our first Fisher Price cash register, <laughs> yeah. they, they, you know, they they say to you, and they're like, "Oh, this is how it works." And you look at them, and you're like, "Wait, you handed me a piece of paper, and you took my toy. That's not." That feels weird. And you're like, no, that's how this works. And we believe in it because we've been told the story of the financial system, of fiduciary, uh, uh, financial uh, policy. Um, You know, we believe there's some bank with gold in it that is pledged against the paper. Like, it's just a story. That's why crypto, I think, is such an interesting story, because it also is built on an amazing discovery of how technology could enable a change to the monetary story. Mm -hmm. So- Yes, I think there's a lot of um, sort of benefits and changes of how we interpret, but fundamentally, almost everything we believe, like I'll give you an example. One more is the reality is, Kimberly, after you and I are gone, we will still exist as a story. There might be videos and other things that are technologically assisting it. But I'm amazed at, uh, particularly in my sort of Irish Catholic family, the number of stories when we all get together about people that have passed is really real. And it becomes an ingrained part of who we are. That's why I, I just I love the topic. I think it's such an amazing uh, concept. It almost has a biological necessity to help us continue to understand who we are and who we might be based on the stories that have been passed down through generations. Yeah, I mean that's such a good point, and and that was a question that everybody has a story, don't don't they? You know, and um, passing it down to the families. I mean, we too in our family we have you know talking about great grand aunt Elsie or, you know, somebody else who came over on the Mayflower or anything else. But I think that's, I think it's a really good point. I have one, I have one other question about stories, Christian, um, because we talked about, you know, having those connections and how important that is. And, um, 
And I think the fact that we actually found that through AI and machine learning by reading text is incredibly, and that's showing the technology we have. But the question I have is, what about focus? How important is focus? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a great question. Th that actually is covered in uh, that book I was talking about, The Bestseller Code, which is um, they talk about how th there's a sweet spot for stories. Uh, and th again, they're comparing, this was the group that's comparing the non-bestsellers to bestsellers to understand. And they found that there's generally a 30% of a story should be about almost one or two topics, preferably one. And what happens is when you're telling different stories, um, and again, this, this has a lot of application in how businesses operate. Um, that gives you a lot of room to customize the story around uh, the customer, their individual needs, or just in general what your audience is. But when you have 30% around one particular topic, it serves as an anchoring point. Um, and so a lot of times, for example, when I talk about uh, like my company, Yext, what I, who I work for, we're, we're all about in, ensuring that the answers to any question are provided by uh, the company that has the answer, meaning the, the brand verified answer. That is something we come back to time and time again as the touchstone by which we then explain how that can be used by businesses or by other people. And uh, not to make it about Yext, it's just that generally most of us in our day-to-day -day lives, when we are sharing stories, by giving an anchor point, we really are helping the, the audience understand how it relates to one critical thing. Um, so that's that's been interesting. I, I'll also tell you something else that's kind of funny in stories is uh, I see people, certainly business professionals do this all the time, and it drives me crazy, which is they use nothing but passive verbs. Mm. Um, one other really fascinating uh, thing in that study was active verbs are critical to um, getting a bestseller story on your hands, basically, meaning um, people don't like hearing that you hope they enjoyed something or you wish that they they uh, it would call you. <laughs> they want to <laughs> they want to talk to people that are are doing things and they, they are they don't wait. They actually are actively pursuing. And I, what I love about that is I think what's happening when that happens is you're you're sort of pulling them into your story. You're sharing a story. And what happens, unfortunately, many times is many people in business end up getting very tied to um, just sort of pushing salesy sales pitch or case studies. There's no human connectedness there. You have to make it much more of a direct conversation where you're actively both participating. Yeah, good. And, and actually, I want to come back to that. We're going to take a short break, and I want to talk about that because I think that's a really important fact, this focus, the, this passive verbs, and, and this connectivity, because there are all kinds of stories, and businesses have stories, and, and in sales, we have stories. And how do we take this art of storytelling and bring it into business. And that's what I'd like to talk to you about when we get back from the break. And for our listeners, we are talking today to Christian J. Ward, and he's the Executive Vice President and Chief Data Officer at Yext. And Yext is a leading digital knowledge management platform. Yext's mission is to give companies control over their brand experiences across the digital universe of maps, apps, search engines, voice assistants, and other intelligence services that drive consumer discovery decision and action. Now, Christian's focus at Yext is to identify value and structure and their bring their knowledge graphs to maximize their data value. He's also the co-author of the Amazon top release, Data Leverage, Unlocking the Surprising Growth Potential of Data Partnerships. And as I said, this is available on Amazon. Now, to connect with Christian, you can connect with him on LinkedIn under Christian J. Ward. And he's also on Twitter under Christian J. Ward. And to learn more about Yext, please go to www.yext.com. And Yext is, of course, on all social media. And on Facebook, it's under Yext, Inc. For questions, you can contact me, Kimberly Lewis, at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And as I said earlier, this broadcast is also brought to you by the Cinda Academy. Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. It holds digital conferences in Europe. And the Cinder Academy is available 24 hours a day 
under www.cinda.org, Cinda Academy. And there you can listen to webinars, you can listen to podcasts, and you can read blogs on various subjects. So please look up Cinda. And with that, we're going to talk, take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are speaking with Christian J. Ward, and he's the executive vice president and chief data officer at Yext. And he is also the author of an Amazon top release, And that book is Data Leverage, Unlocking the Surprising Growth Potential of Data Partnerships. So, um, Christian, we've been having a great chat on on where story, about storytelling, where it came from, what makes storytelling good, um, why it's so important. And I want to come back to what you talked about before the break. And we talked about focus, connection, and and actually verbiage, what kind of language you use. businesses, you know, every business has a mission. So basically they have a story too. Um, How do we take what we know about storytelling and move that into the business world? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, look, I think there's the business of life and there's the business of business. Um, And interestingly, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Um, When we talk about stories, um, there's a bunch of different categories of Things like tragedies, comedies, brochures, narratives, discourse, uh, horror stories, history stories, um, all of them bring something to the table. And there's a lot that businesses can learn from them. Um, And something I've noticed is really great storytellers tend to sort of evolve over time because they really pay attention to the craft. Um, And what a lot of businesses uh, somewhat struggle with is how do you ramp up a great sales team to help tell your story? And at the same time, you can invest years in them getting good at telling the story. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are some tools that help with this sort of thing. Um, I know one is called Saleshood. I don't know if you've heard of it, Kimberly, but it's mm-hmm. it's one where sellers can um, give their pitch or how they explain certain parts of a product. And then all the other sellers can watch each other and then rate the videos. It's actually, it's, it's it Darwinianly merciful, merciless. Like they just, you know, that's a terrible way to do it. This is a great <laughs> way to do it. But it, people really learn from that. And because they can watch it over and over again, it's little three minute video clips. It's very, it's a smart tool. There's many ways you could do this, but when I see most um, sort of storytelling uh, concepts, I would say they sort of start out as salesy. 
Then they move into being more of a storyteller. And then they get into this other realm in terms of where they're almost friends with the audience. They, they become this amazing additional element. And there's a lot of things that happen in the brain during this process. So someone who's salesy tends to sound like a sales pitch or they, they'll throw case studies at you. It's, it's when someone calls you and says something like, in four out of five uh, uh, clients, we had this result. It's very dry and it doesn't really mean a lot to the audience, but in our brains, um, as Daniel Kahneman would explain in sort of thinking fast and slow, he would say, you know, our brains are sort of immediately tuned away from that. They, they would say that that is not interesting. Um, and yet that's how we tr teach many businesses to represent present themselves. Um, so I would say there's a lot to being learned for people focusing and really taking the time on becoming more of a storyteller. Now, storytellers, they tend to focus on things like comedy, narrative, discourse, or a hero journey. One thing I always try and teach my teams is when you're talking to someone else, if you can help them realize that this is a hero journey story and they're the hero, meaning you're trying to help them understand empathetically, understanding what they're going through and how you can help them become a hero, it, it doesn't have to sound pitchy at all. It's very much trying to identify with them. And then what's amazing, if you see really great storytellers on TED Talks and things, I will say that there is sort of one last level, right? And that's where... The story is so natural um, that it, it actually starts to create a friendship. And once again, things are happening in your brain, which is when I share with you, if you think of your best friendships, a lot of times when you catch up with a friend you haven't seen in three years or a year and you want to share what's happened in your life, you actually talk about the tragedies. You talk about the mm. histories and the horrors. I mean, look what the world is going through right now. And yet it's creating this amazing uh, situation where as we're hearing these stories of, of sadness and, and difficulty and yet also triumph and, and pulling together, it releases chemicals in the brain that are very different than what's happening when you're just a business pitching your services. So there is a continuum. You can get better at it, but it's something where I always push people to start to think about how can you change what you know about the situation, the person, the audience listening to you to make it more of a storytelling uh, uh, discussion or a friendship discussion uh, that will humanize it so that it's much more memorable. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was really impactful, impactful insights and it made me think of something. And um, to get your ideas on this, we're, we, you talked about the situation we're in now and, and businesses are telling different stories. Okay? And if connections are so important in storytelling uh, and focus is so important, do you think that this crisis situation now may help us become more sensitive in business and and connect with our customers and our people more mm. because it's it's doing something different something different to us than has never happened before yeah and and on a global scale i mean there yeah, are there are yeah. obviously you know I, I love the saying you know be nice to everyone you meet they're all fighting a hard battle yeah. um, but in today's world it's apparent to all of us it's a hard battle but it's a global battle um when we started this discussion uh, we were talking a little bit about sort of how do you how do you make those human connections, yeah. um, and we also said technology can is a double edged sword. It can go both wonderfully in how it enables great storytelling and empathetic connections. And then it can go terribly wrong. And I think we've all gotten about 600 emails mm. from businesses we never even knew we were related to saying, we're thinking about you during the pandemic and just want you to know we're still open for business or whatever it was. It was just yeah. so tone deaf. Mm. Um, it's actually like, uh, I think my uh, when you had my brother on this program, he was talking about the privacy notices right before GDPR <laughs> went live. It, it literally oh, felt yeah. that same way. Um, yeah. And I've seen a lot of the data privacy people say, wow, you had another good chance to remove yourself from a bunch of databases. Um, so there's humor. Uh, but I, I would I would again agree with you in that I think what's happening today is um, so much of business is face-to-face. -face. And there is this beauty of face-to-face -face communication uh, physically in the same space, whereby you're sharing uh, via body language and just eye movement and smiling. There's this connection. In a completely a sort of 
socially distanced world, we have to convey uh, the messages in somewhat of a, a, a new way, right? And mm-hmm. um, I think technology, uh, I mean, you could just look at the price of Zoom, <laughs> the stock price, <laughs> but I think technology is trying to show us that there is a path here. And I'll give you an example. I was on a conference call with uh, a, a partner of ours at Yext, and I actually don't know these people. It was the first call, uh, which is weird because you're having the first call of people and they're all in their living rooms or <laughs> their kids are running around and my kids are running around. And I, I will tell you something that was fascinating to me is when this is all over and you know, obviously we hope it's over and, and behind us as fast as possible, I can't wait to meet those people in person. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think is new for the business world to understand, yeah. which is you are making connections in a crisis. I, I always like to say, you know, if your agenda doesn't matter in a crisis, then your agenda mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And the reality is we're learning what is important to people in a very human way, almost being invited into our individual safe spaces, where that many times doesn't happen for years in terms of seeing someone in a different light. And I, I think that's good because what business, the best business relationships that are built on stories actually become a story of their own, mm-hmm. where how we met and how you and I, Kimberly, met and mm-hmm. how we've had these ongoing relationships and discussions over time is itself a great story. And I think this is a very difficult time for everyone to um, be sympathetic, empathetic, and understand the limitations of technology, uh, aka please stop mass emailing me. I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. But but for everything else, you can still make great human connections at this time. And you just have to be careful that maybe you have to tell the stories faster, a little shorter, maybe figure you know much less words on your slides, like really focus on you need another 15, 20 minutes in a 30 minute meeting just to connect humanly with people in a time like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm seeing that too. And believe me, I, when, when I get those, those mass emails that really, uh, it's not a personal and it's not focused. Okay. And, and it really becomes irritating in that. And a question about this and, um, Christian, do you think we in the beginning we said that storytelling is about data and passion? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in a time right now that everybody has passion. Okay, everybody. I mean, the situation is passionate. But do you think that? Do you think generally that everybody can be a storyteller or a good storyteller, or you really have to be a certain kind of person, or you could learn it? Uh, look, I, I, th- I think it's many things. There, there are people that are talented and there are people that work hard to get better. Um, so there's natural storytellers for sure. Um, I could say I'm certainly not the best in my family. <laughs> I would name, uh, I would name, uh, w- I come from a large family, but one of my sisters and one of my brothers are definitely better than me. Um, and and the, the, the amazing thing is I learned from them. Um, and I think one of the things that um, is important for most people to understand is you need to recognize this as a skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes it is uh, something of an afterthought. Like you'll go and watch a TED talk or you'll go to a presentation and go, wow, that person was captivating. That person was, I, I remember five things from that. I don't remember anything. What you're not sort of glomming onto is they're just a great storyteller yeah. and they've grabbed, they've grabbed your attention. Um, sorry, I'm going to give you another book <laughs> reference, but um, there's a book by Hans Rowling, uh, as well as um, I believe his children, uh, Ola and Anna, um, called Factfulness. And if you've ever seen his uh, TED Talk, it's absolutely wonderful. And actually, in a time like this, such an uplifting thing. So go look up Hans Rowling's TED Talk about how the world is improving over time. But his book, Factfulness, really tries to explain that you can have all the facts in the world. This is why our business is good. This is why you need us now. This is why more than ever we should connect. None of those facts are really coming over to where people will listen or remember. And what he points out is the human condition is one where our instincts trigger what is important, what is not. So I can lay out tons of facts, but nobody wants to just memorize facts. Facts. What what they're looking for is you have to weave fear and passion and other things into the story. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying fear in a good way, but fear is a very real visceral human reaction. And there is an element of when you're telling stories, stop just focusing on bullet points and facts. Start to focus on what 
passion can you bring to this? And I, one thing I would convey to almost everyone, you can get so much better if you really start to think about how different products and services from a business perspective have helped you in your own life in a way that you could share it personally. Um, it's, it's, it shows uh, humility. It shows that you're open to um, discussing something other than just your company. It shows that you are willing to um, share stories, not solely for the purpose of advancement of your agenda, as mm-hmm. I said before. So there's a lot you can learn from it. This is a little why professors can be very boring. Um, and some of them are great, but but they've told the same facts for years over and over and over again. Most of them aren't first party, first person stories, because many times your college professor never actually did what they're teaching you. Uh, they've been in the ivory tower. And yeah. then on the other side, you've got people that um, know the facts, but they weave it into a story. So mm-hmm. it's truly memorable. Yeah. And I, I think that's I think that's great advice for people who are listening and a, and a great way to end in a very positive way to end um, because we're all weaving our own stories today and sharing them is quite important in this time. And Christian, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. My pleasure. Um, I think that was a, a great end for us and we'd love to have you back. And for our listeners, we have been listening to Christian J. Ward. He's the executive vice president and chief data officer at Yext. And Yext is a leading digital knowledge management platform. Yext's mission is to give companies control over their brand experiences across digital universe of maps, apps, search engines, voice assistants, and other intelligence services that drive consumer discovery, decision, and action. And it's been a really great great subject to talk about, Christian. Um, I hope our listeners have enjoyed it. And if they want to reach out to you, they can reach out to you on LinkedIn under Christian J. Ward and on Twitter under Christian J. Ward. And if you want to learn more about Yext, please go to www.yext.com. Yext is also on all social media and you can learn about Yext. And you can contact me, Kimberly Lewis, at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or under info at cinda.com. You can send me a mail or go to cinda.org to learn more about the Cinda Academy. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold digital conferences in Europe, and Christian is going to be a speaker at our next digital conference, which hopefully will take place in May in Berlin. And if not, it will take place a little bit later. But the Cinda Academy is available 24 hours a day under www.cinda.org. And with that, please tune in to us each Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you can't hear us live, then please go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and download us. And with that, Christian, once again, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, And listeners, please tune in to us again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.